Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. My guest today is Christy Grinnell. Christy is the Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer of DXC, an information technology services and consulting company that earns in excess of $16 billion in annual revenue. Christy's been in her role for roughly a year, and she's been driving a digital DXC strategy, one topic among several that I look forward to covering with her in this conversation today. Prior to her current role, Christy was the Chief Information Officer and Chief Supply Chain Officer of General Dynamics Information Technology. Christy, welcome to Technovation. It's great to speak with you today. And you as well, Peter. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for our dialogue. I am as well. I'm so pleased we have this time to chat a bit. But first, a quick word from our partner, Adyen, and the company's Chief Operating Officer, Cameron Zaki. Adyen is a payment platform company that allows businesses to accept e-commerce, mobile, and point-of-sale payments. And Cameron wanted to provide a short overview of what Adyen has to offer. Cameron, over to you. Thanks, Peter. It's one global platform on which you can do many continents and countries, all the relevant payment methods, which vary significantly across different parts of the world to online and physical world or mobile. And we've continued to expand from there. If you go to a dinner party and people ask you what you do and you say this, they're like, that sounds like common sense. Why is it unique? The reality is that a lot of the players who've been around for decades have grown on mainframe computing, releasing once or twice a year, buying other companies, and then they give you one API. But behind the scenes, it's a bit of a spaghetti mess, unfortunately. What Adyen did and what we do is sort of really do the backend plumbing that is a little less sexy at times, but really makes the difference in being able to say, hey, it was Peter. Do you know that he you know, shops online and on mobile and in your store and you can recognize him and you can connect all the dots and it's not just enabling the payment but it's hey how do you factor that into loyalty and marketing and all kinds of other use cases thanks cameron and now on to the interview um, well, I thought we'd begin with uh, DXC. Certainly many people who are listening or watching this will be familiar with the company, but some might be less so. And I wonder if you could take a quick moment and provide a little more detail than I just did in the introduction. Yeah, we're the giant that nobody knows. And it's creepy <laughs> um, because DXC, we're actually a Fortune 200 company, and we run a lot of the mission-critical IT for many of the brands that you, you hear of and are dependent on every day in the rest of the Fortune 500. Excellent. And, and talk a bit about your role as CIO. You've been a CIO multiple times over, but what does this uh, iteration of the role uh, entail? Yeah, so as CIO here at DXC, I'm responsible for all of the tools, the applications, the infrastructure that really support our ability to deliver IT to the customer. So it's not customer facing, it's enterprise facing, but my goal is to provide good insights with data processing systems for our company to um, continue to grow. And I know I mentioned at the outset, in fact, something we've talked about in the past that you've been pursuing what you refer to as a digital DXC strategy. Talk, talk a bit about what that entails, please. Yeah, so digital DXC to us is how we really become a company that is data-driven. We have good data, accurate data, standard data across this huge company. We're 138,000 women and men across the globe. Um, and so getting that standard data that we can really then take action on to use it to make good business decisions or to provide us really good business insight into running our business. And so in doing that, we then wanna make that as automated as possible so that we don't have a bunch of people manually trying to create reports or pull numbers or do whatever, but that the numbers are there just to help them 
run their everyday business and to hold our business accountable to doing what we promise to the street every day. Really interesting. And talk a bit about the progress towards that. And even if you wouldn't mind some of how you thought about the sequence of events in order to bring that to life. Yeah. So as we do that, what we're trying to do is really focus on, we have three kind of key areas. One, how do we make DXE an easy place to work? So we are a company of merger and acquisition over many, many years. And so making sure that our employees can really say, I know where to get data. I know how to get data. I know what process to use in order to either input some of that data or extract some of that data is really key. So making DXE easy to work for. Allowing that to happen, we then can have all of our employees really focus on our customers and how do we make it easy to work with DXE as a customer? So how do we ensure that it's easy to invoice our customers and it's easy for them to pay their bill and that it's easy for us to provide that next service? It's easy for them to order that next service. So those are things that we're really trying to think of in our business model and how we deliver excellence for our customers every day. And then the third one is how do we partner with our strategic partners to really continue to develop and innovate creative solutions that really solve business problems for our customers. And we can do a lot of that internally first um, or with the, um, the offerings as they try and build that as solution, new solutions for our marketplace. And so bringing all of that together creates this new experience and a new focus on how we do IT at DXC. And so that then changes it from looking at we're doing technology for technology's sake. And instead, we're doing technology to really think about the way that we work with each other and with our customers. And is there, uh, as you think about bringing that to life, I'm curious about the kind of organizational implications, Christy. How, how, how have you thought about uh, you know, the team that you lead from that perspective? Yeah, so there's a couple things that are associated with this. So, you know, as any um, new CIO would do, they make sure they put the team around them that they know that they can um, uh, drive your strategy forward. And so we have reorganized the entire team. But what's really exciting about what we're doing here at DXC is that we're reorganizing into what we call a value stream organization. And so we have everybody in our team thinking about what process do they support end-to-end -end in delivering that data process and systems to our company so that we can deliver excellence to our employee and colleagues? And as we think about those things, then everybody knows what value they're adding to the company and our IT organization, which is eye-opening, right? It's empowering to say, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be able to deliver IT in a new way for our company. And then um, we also have what we call platform teams that are really enabling every one of those value streams to deliver that data processing system. So things that every um, process needs, when you think about it, your infrastructure, your network and connectivity, um, and some of those. And then we have what we call enabling teams. And those enabling teams are things like cyber. You have to be able to do that in a way that enables us to do that work while we secure the company. We have things like data, our data governance team. They are enabling all of those to have really defined ways of um, looking at our data and ensuring that it's got the integrity we need to be making decisions off of it. So we've really thought about the way that we structured our team. And then that is also impacting the way we govern IT with our business as well. 
Very interesting. I, I, I appreciate that overview. You know, another topic I wanted to mine with you um, in your last role at uh, General Dynamics uh, IT, you you were the CIO and Chief Supply Chain Officer, and certainly, if anything, across the period of time of your your current post, supply chains have become kind of a a, a national topic uh, in ways uh, that, that 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 are rare. Let's say, um, you know, as we as even we contemplate supply chain issues that impact us personally. And I'm curious about how, how that's carried forward, your special insights and experience and leadership in this topic as you collaborate with your new colleagues on, on, a, on similar, if not growing issues associated with that. Yeah. So it's actually really interesting because at GDIT, the way I wound up also the head of supply chain was, well, Christy, we're an IT company and we buy a lot of IT goods and services and you do that as the CIO anyway. So can you just figure this out for us? Okay, so um, it's not that I had any special supply chain expertise or anything like that, but again, I had a really amazing team who um, had that expertise. So that came to to be that you know it actually really helped that I had that knowledge and could think about how you buy IT goods and services in a really different way for our customers as well as for our own company. And as you know, we went home with COVID, and as we saw a lot of the events unfolding around us particularly with um, a lot of the cyber events that were happening as we went home with COVID because it gave our adversaries a really great um, time to say, hey, you know, they're taking their eye off the ball a little bit. And so merging the IT and the supply chain groups and having them super integrated, just zipped up to really think about how you think about this, your supply chain can't be your weakest link, right? You have to make sure that you bring them into the fold and that they have a basic level of cyber hygiene, that they have, you know, the um, security controls in place that aren't going to put you at risk. So when we think about that, the first thing I did when I came here to DXC, I met with the, the chief procurement officer and we talked about like, let's talk about our third party risk management process and how we work together to make sure that we are set. And so we have, you know, a questionnaire for our suppliers on the types of cyber controls they have, how they manage that risk and things that would really impact us um, going forward. And as we all know, one of the other things like our supply chains um, are causing a lot of trouble in the IT supply chain, just in terms of delivery. Right. So that's something that, you know. As a, an IT um, expert and CIO and buying a lot of these goods and services, I need to be able to have a vendor relationship and a partnership because we have all of these big risks that we're trying to mitigate, these new innovations that we're trying to deliver. And I really need supply chain to be that guy who's like, all right, let's let's think about price. Let's think about delivery. Let's think about logistics and all of those things. So you have to have that balance and that really good partnership to say, let IT have that vendor relationship that's really strategic and helping them to deliver on this data-driven organization that we're looking for. But then let supply chain do their thing in helping to negotiate the right deal, get the right terms, all of those things. And then together, when we do that, we've really kind of locked in and said, great, now together, we know that we're securing, we know that we're managing that risk, and we know that we're delivering for the organization. So it makes a big difference. Supply chain never used to be thought of as that like super strategic differentiator and how we can do it, but it, it, it makes a big difference now. Yeah, clearly. And it's a, one can certainly hear in your, your insights just how much experience you have with that. And I really like the way in which you demarcated the different aspects uh, that different portions of the organization might, might influence. I, I wanted to also ask you, Christy, 
Um, you, your predecessor, Chris Drumgold as CIO, still is with the organization now as COO. He's a past guest multiple times over, including his time as the global CIO at GE prior to his post at DXC. I wonder what it's like working with a, a former CIO as a colleague, now currently as one, somebody who's literally been in the chair you've, uh, well, me not literally, figuratively been in the chair yeah. you're, you're sitting in. And uh, and obviously uh, relates to the opportunities and, and issues that you're hoping to, to push forward and resolve. Uh, talk a bit about that relationship, if you would. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because it's actually the, one of the things that like I really had to think about as I took this role at DXC of, do I want to report to the COO who used to be the CIO? Like, it's not going to be my shop. It's going to be his shop. And I need that that ability to do things. Now, I'm super fortunate. Chris Drumgool is just an amazing person overall. And the first thing he did when he interviewed me and even when I came in again is, Christy, this is your shop. You do whatever you need to do. Like, that's why I brought you in. So I have the ability to do that. But here's the thing that I would say. I Number one, like, one day maybe I can be a COO, right? That's always something that's in the career path and trajectory of a CIO. So I always take that as, wow, well, maybe I can learn a lot more from Chris with him being the COO that I report to. And so I'm going to use that to my advantage here. But since I've been here, one of the things that I really love about him having been the CIO is he gets it. So when I say, look, we need to invest in this because of X, Y, and Z, that we need to mitigate this risk or whatever the case may be, like, hey, if you want me to go do that, the only way I can do that is if we do this, this, and this. And he's like, I got it, right? And so I have um, almost automatically somebody who really just understands how IT works and can help me tell the story and be a really good supporter as we make a lot of these big investment decisions. So I think um, it's really leveraging the strength of, of that, having a COO who knows what it is to be a CIO. Um, but he also, you know, challenges me and makes me think, which I think is helping me to become a better CIO. So, and who doesn't want to continue to learn and grow? Yeah, great insights. And I, I love that, especially that it it's, it's, uh, demonstrates a potential pathway for growth for you as well, in yeah. addition to the, the special insights the two of you can share together. I, I wanted to talk a little bit further back in your background. You uh, um, started, or at least early in your career, were a management consultant with PwC. And it was at that company that you pivoted from, from consultant to the uh, IT team. And, and I wonder um, what led to that that change, obviously a critical change that sets you on a path to climb the rungs to the, these big positions that you've had at the most recent couple of stops in your career. Talk a bit about that, that move from management consultant into the IT organization. Yeah, it's so interesting um, because if you had asked me, like, Christy, do you always know you want to be a CIO? No, like, I didn't even know I wanted to be in IT. So, um, you know, I was an engineer by um, training in undergrad, and then I actually was an engineer at General Motors for several years. So when I went back and got my MBA, I was like, you know, I don't know exactly what I want to do with all of this, but I do know I love to lead people. I do know that... Um, you know, I can drive change. Like that's always been something I've done, even as an engineer. So I'm just going to see what I can do. And management consulting gave me that ability to come in. You know, you do one gig, then the next, then the next, you're seeing all different companies, all different problems you're solving and, and doing all that. And when I came into being a management consultant at PwC, is right as the eBiz bubble was really starting to grow. And I was very fortunate that I had a partner who said, hey, Christy, like, 
you're an engineer by training and you have your MBA. So you have good business sense. Let's like marry those together and see how we can create some new IT strategies around B2E, B2B, B2C, and all that as, as we go forward. So that's what I did as my first three years as a management consultant. So I got to see all different types of IT issues and concerns and how you how you can use IT to help with the with the employee experience and to help with the customer experience, which I thought was really exciting. Um, but you know, as any good management consultant does, you're a road warrior. You're on the road um, 24/7, and um, you know, leaving the house Sunday night at the time and uh, coming back Friday, and it just gets really hard. And I was at the age where I wanted to start having a family. And so uh, I started to talk to my um, partner at PwC and just said, you know, I at some point I'm going to have to make a change. I can't do this forever. So it just happened. A um, project internally opened up where we were consulting for ourselves and our own B2B strategy. And um, they let me come in and lead that. And that then led one thing to the next where they did it in Washington, D.C., here where I live. So I was able to stay at home. And they said, well, you know, when I got pregnant with my first child, do you want to stay and continue just to do the internal IT work rather than going back on the road? Yes, please, please. Like, let me stay and not and not have to travel. And then I had three kids in three years. And uh, one thing, led, and I'm like, I can't go back on the road now. My husband would kill me. So um <laughs> You know, it just led to a 12-year um, career growing in the IT organization instead of the consulting side, where, um, you know, the way uh, we did that at PwC, we used a lot of our consulting to help us decide our own strategies internally, which was so exciting because I still felt like I was on the consulting side, but leading the strategy and driving change internally um, and getting to live with some of the choices that you make. So, you know, Normally, as a consultant, you're like, here, good luck with that. And then you go on to the next thing. But um, I got to actually see it implemented, which was really exciting. That's really, it's a great overview. Thank you for sharing those anecdotes. You can, one, one can, throughout the, the thread through this conversation, I think, Christy, is your expansive and nimble thought processes that no doubt have some origins in having once been a problem solver as a management consultant, but first with a, with a variety of clients and then for a single client, the employer that you had there. Uh, so thank you for sharing. I, I wanted to also ask you, um, what trends excite you as you look to the future? We're doing this interview currently to, uh, at the tail end of uh, 22. We're looking ahead to 23. What are some things that are on your uh, roadmap or that you've noticed that have you particularly excited? Yeah, you know, it's you always think like AI and blockchain and all that, they're still coming along and we're finding other ways to use them, which make them more exciting. And that's great. The one thing that I'm really super excited about, and we we dabble with it here at DXC ourselves, and we we work with our customers on it, is the metaverse and how you really can create a different way of working in the virtual world that um, you can't necessarily do fully today. And it, I, I don't think we're quite ready for it yet, but I think we're starting to build there. Like we are doing some onboarding events ourselves for our employees. We're doing some sales. Um, you know, events with our um, sales team to really get them to rally around the new solutions and what 
we're trying to do for the next year. We um, do some customer events as well to show them what we can. And it's one of our key offerings. And I'm really intrigued to see like, where is this going to go? How is this going to change? Because as we went home from COVID, we all had to change the way that we work. And it's still one of the dilemmas and problems we're trying to solve of, you know, we now have all these employees with a new expectation of flexibility and all that. But then you grapple with, but I really want to meet with people and operate in a different way and collaborate and do all these things. So, you know, I think the metaverse is really going to drive that. And because you can bring all the other technologies into the metaverse, like I just think there's a ton of potential there. So I'm excited to see it. The second um, trend that I wouldn't want to dismiss, though, is that it's our openness and mindset to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And this is something that I say it's about time that people are talking about it. You know, as a as a female in uh, the IT industry, it's something that, you know, I've been grappling with. And, you know, in your own career, you're like, why am I the only woman in the room again, right? But when we think about diversity, equity, and inclusion at heart, that is what drives innovation. Every experience, every unique characteristic you have, every piece and facet of what makes Peter Peter and Christy Christy, when we come together and we start to say, how do we solve this problem? And somebody goes, I have an idea. And then the next person with their perspective says, I can make it better, right? What if we did this instead? Or how could we do this? But that might be a problem. So let's solve for that too. Like that is the crux of innovation right there is bringing together all those amazing perspectives, giving them a voice and having them be equal at the table to get the best solutions possible. So I think that trend means that we're going to start to see really different IT solutions coming to the table and technologies that can do different things to really solve some unique problems that we have around the world. Very interesting, Christine. I'd be curious also, um, what progress are you seeing? Are you going to more uh, more meetings where you're not the only woman in the room? Do you see more peers? Um, uh, surely, of course, there's more progress to, to come, but I'm yeah. curious, like, wh- wh- what is your own perspective as to the progress made? It's slow going from a female perspective, unfortunately, and that is um, sometimes discouraging. I feel like I walk in and we're still like, you're still less than 30%, like what the heck? But at the same time, I think those 30% have a much more active voice than they ever have, which I think is great. And so the more we have these role models that are coming in and having a true voice and doing just some amazing things, the better off we are. DXE embraces diversity, equity, and inclusion. We have ERGs, employee resource groups around the globe that are really trying to bring in all of this. I actually actually in the executive sponsor of, we call it We, Women Empowered at DXC. And um, we're really trying to ensure, not that we empower women, because women should just innately be empowered anyway, but we create a workplace that really embraces that empowerment of women. And um, DXC is leaning in on that. And I think it's been really great to see and be a part of over the last year that I've been here. Well, that, I think that that lends itself nicely to uh, to another topic I wanted to raise with you, Christy, and that is, I'm curious what what secrets you have to your own success. You've you've been a chief multiple times over, uh, you know, first time in, in both times actually as a relatively young person. So you yeah. rose quickly in your career, and um, I, I wonder, especially for others who might wish to follow in your footsteps, what have been some of the difference makers that you think uh, really propelled your your career forward? 
Yeah. So I think the first thing is that I just, I was raised in a family. My dad raised myself and my sister teaching us that we could be anything we wanted to be. Like I never felt that I had any boundaries or barriers around me. So when people would say like, oh, you're going to be a female in engineering. I'd be like, yeah, of course. Like I'm good at math and science, right? Like, of course I am. I didn't even know what it meant to be an engineer, but like there's no boundary. Like, why would I not consider that? So having, you know, somebody who really supports and brings you to that point, like, I honestly, like, I still, even as I was in college and, and like, I didn't even really notice that I was one of the 30%. I, I was like, oh, okay. Where are all the girls? Like, I just didn't even think about it that way. So, you know, having, having been raised to be anything I, I can be is um, a huge part of who I am. And I uh, try and raise my kids to be that as well. But I think the second thing is um, I've had a lot of amazing mentors along the way uh, who have really just, you know, helped me to hone and use my strengths and talents in a way that, um, are, is is who I am and brought me to be that CIO. And not only did they help me like by asking questions and saying, well, what about this? What about that? But they give me really hard problems to solve about myself. Like, do you really want that, Christy? Or are you just saying that because you think it's the next step? And I'd be like, hmm, good point. And then um, the last thing I think is just a mindset to always um, be open to the to the doors that are opening around you. I never thought like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, CIO of a Fortune 200 company. But what I always do is as the door opens or a door closes, I give myself the opportunity to say, that's a good thing that door closed and here's why, or I want that door to open and here's what I need to do. And if that door is open, I say, do I want to step through it, right? And I really think about those things and I just try and keep my mind open about that next opportunity. So um, it's just a different way of kind of looking at my career. If you were to ask me today, what do you want to be? I'd say, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up, but I'll know <laughs> it when I see it, right? So we'll see. Well, Christy Grinnell, thank you so much for sharing your perspectives on your remarkable career, the transformation that you're leading uh, at DXC. Uh, it's been a great conversation. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Peter. And I really enjoy the podcast and continue to learn from it. So I hope somebody gets a nugget from this one too. I'm sure they will. Thank you so much.